This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Eggerbo here in studio, broadcasting from home. And we've got our fellow home broadcasters, uh, John Beeler and Graham Williams, joining us today. Thanks uh, for popping in, guys. We have a, a really cool program. Uh, we are going to give you Zoom hacks. We're all video conferencing. A lot of us are using Zoom. Well, we're going to tell you the best way to use it, how to make it more fun, and how you can look like a million bucks while you're using it as well. We're also going to be talking with the folks over at Roku. They make the smart TV sticks and boxes and TVs about some of the new updates they've done to their platform. Some really cool stuff, especially uh, when it comes to voice assistance and, and things like that, and just how easy it is to get your favorite streaming channels uh, working. And uh, we will uh, be having a look at uh, weather apps Apple has uh, bought Dark Sky. We'll tell you what that means uh, for Apple users and Android users. Let's talk about some of the app news uh, right now. A lot of restaurants uh, are obviously closed now because of the pandemic, so uh, we're all hitting the grocery stores. But sometimes, uh, you know, especially in urban areas and uh, in areas that don't have a lot of grocery stores, they get pretty crowded. Well, OpenTable, which, uh, you know, we've used in the past to make uh, restaurant reservations, now makes supermarket res- uh, reservations. So you can actually go into Open Table, and this is rolling out uh, in uh, a few cities down in the U.S. first and uh, basically reserve a time when you can go into the supermarket. I, I love Open Table to begin with. The The question that I have right now is usually I get points if I book a reservation. Am I getting be getting points for booking a, a grocery store spot as well? Probably not. You get not. extra points for toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think this is... This is a great idea, right? Like, uh, and that's kind of, I, I do live in an urban area and the uh, closest grocery store to me, um, it, it's been challenging to maintain social distancing in there because it's a very, very small space with small aisles. And, uh, you know, you do your best, but you, you go down one aisle and you see somebody down there. So you turn around and somebody's already come down the other end. And it feels a bit like a rat in a maze at times. So being able to to book in and have some space to myself, uh, knowing that maybe I've got 20 minutes, half an hour to get in, get out, uh, I'm I'm all for this. I wonder how you know effective this is going to to be. You know, uh, a lot of people, yes, can use Open Table, but what about you know the uh, portion of the population that aren't as app savvy? Will they have a harder time getting grocery time now? They're going to be lining up, I think. Uh, I was at Walmart yesterday, and they've completely transformed the store into these aisles of arrows on the ground, barricades up, and basically, like Graham said, you're a rat in the maze, literally going down each aisle. And um, the the lineup just to get into the grocery section was pretty pretty long. It probably took 10 or 15 minutes just to get through the line of that because uh, they don't let more people in than uh, can be in that space. But the, the challenge is still in the grocery stores, though, is people are still not realizing social distancing and they're taking 10 minutes to look at that bottle of pickles and <laughs> backing up the rest of the rats in the maze. Uh, so, um, and some people just seem completely oblivious to the pandemic existing at all. And they're like, why can't I just buy my ketchup? Um, so. Yeah, yeah. I guess my challenge uh, is, yeah, the people that are blocking the aisles, they're sitting there, what yogurt should I get? And they're basically yeah. blocking uh, about 25 feet of yogurt space and you have to sit there and wait while they are touching all the yogurts to to see which one they want which (laughs) kind of drives me crazy okay well sorry mike i was just going to sort of uh related to that it's interesting that it looks like uber eats is pivoting as well to do grocery deliveries which actually might make that a little bit easier um for some people 
Yeah, that uh, that that is interesting. Uh, so how's that working? Uh, do, does someone at the grocery store pick all the groceries? Well, I, they must have I, to, I, right? Yeah, I, I think the the driver has to go in and pick up your, your order uh, instead of you having to do that. And I think part of that is just because it gives Uber drivers something else to do other than deliver takeout. Um, and it's, you know, they've got this big hole where people aren't using their services as much for, you know, door-to-door uh, people moving. Um, so it makes more sense for them to allow their grocery deliveries as well, uh, assuming that your local store supports um, the 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 gathering of those goods so that the driver can just come in and get, you know, John's box of groceries, that type of thing. So it'll be interesting to see how that, that pans out over the next little while. Let's switch gears here. Uh, interesting story about Airbnb. Uh, they, uh, right away when this uh, started rolling out, uh, this pandemic and, you know, became serious, they offered all the users that uh, had existing reservations free cancellation. So in the past, if you wanted to cancel on Airbnb, it depended on, you know, the the actual host. They had different, uh, you know, qualifications. Some would give you a full refund. Some would give you 50%. Some wouldn't give you any. Uh, so Airbnb stepped in and said everyone can get a refund uh, on, on stuff that they've booked that they can't obviously uh, get to. Well, that made you know, huge issues for a lot of the hosts out there. Uh, obviously, they're getting, you know, all of their reservations canceled. My brother, he's got a place up in Whistler. He had reservations. Obviously, those were all canceled, but then he's out. Of course, all, you know, the potential money there. Well, Airbnb has said that they are setting aside $250 million to help pay hosts for missed or canceled bookings, which I thought was a nice step in uh, the right direction because, you know, they, they didn't really have to do that. Can I tell you the interesting thing that I found about Airbnb in the last two weeks? So uh, if you go back about two, three weeks ago, uh, there were about 200 vacant uh, units in Vancouver available for rent. There are over 2,500 now. Really? And we have a real vacancy problem as far as rentals go in Vancouver. Uh, It seems that the folks have said that Airbnb is not an issue for people trying to find rental homes. Uh, Looks like you were just proven wrong. There is a ton of rental stock available uh, in Vancouver that people are desperately trying to rent right now. And uh, it seems like part of our housing problem is actually in the process of being solved uh, <laughs> through this availability. 2,500, you said? Yes. Wow. That, uh, yeah, that, that uh, definitely is uh, a lot. I don't know if you guys saw this tool. This is pretty cool. If you've got a Mac and if you're doing video conferencing for work or, you know, the virtual happy hours, you always kind of wonder before you turn the camera on, how do you look? Well, there's a handy Mac app and uh, it's uh, called Hand Mirror. And it's essentially like a hand mirror. Uh, It installs on your desktop and you can basically click it. And within one second, it activates your web camera and shows you how you look before you go into your video call. I love this. I used it. Be, I used it before this call. Yeah, works great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Make sure there's no spinach in your teeth. <laughs> and you look fantastic. <laughs> no, it's... There, there, there is nothing worse though than you do get on a video call. And you know, so I, the way I've got my computer set up right now, I've got the, the the Mac with the webcam off to the right, and usually I'm focused on the computer in the middle. And you're halfway through the call, and you look over, and something's out of place. You know, your glasses are skewed, your hair is sticking up, and you're like, "Wow, that's been that's been a good 15 minutes. Great." No one, no one sent me a private message to say, hey, you look like a complete dork. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Well, we, we just like to laugh at you, Graham. <laughs> and record the video. And record right. the video. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. We still have a lot to talk about on today's uh, app show, including coming up next, 
the best Zoom hacks, how you can make the best of that uh, little video conferencing program we're using all the time, how you can look better, how to use the virtual backgrounds. And did you know there's a setting that can actually touch up your video and make your face look better? We'll tell you how to get to there too. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with The App Show. Mike, Graham, and John here. want to talk about Zoom Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. And it's a program that probably most of us hadn't heard about uh, up until a few months ago. Everyone's using it now for work. It's one of the most popular ones out there. Uh, We use it all the time for our uh, work meetings and conference calls. And, you know, the nice thing about it is it's simple. It's uh, easy to set up and and use. And you can literally have how many? Up to a thousand people on it at the same time. I don't think I'd want a thousand people on my same Zoom call, but it can be done. So what we wanted to talk about today is uh, the best of the Zoom hacks that uh, we have come across. And I think, you know, one question that I get from everyone is how do you do the virtual backgrounds? And this is such a handy feature because a lot of times you're doing your Zoom call from your messy kitchen or your bedroom. And do you want all your coworkers seeing all that crap? No. Well, one of the features on your video window is uh, going into the the little uh, video icon and choosing virtual backgrounds. And from there, they've got a few standard template ones, but you can actually load in any photo for your background. And so what happens when you do that, it basically takes out everything behind you, keeps you there in the forefront, and then puts that photo there. So I've seen some really creative stuff. John, you're probably one of the best out there like you've got uh, baby yoda happening in the death star and my favorite one though my favorite and christina who helps uh, put the show together is going to kill me for talking about this you had a photo of like pallets full of toilet paper one day as yes, your background yes. my warehouse and you you took a snapshot of that and you posted that on uh, facebook i get a text from her and she's like what the hell and i'm like what's going on are you okay how does John have that much toilet paper? <laughs> is that his house? And so I just thought, I'm going to play this. And I said, yeah, that is his house, because I'm not lying. And she, oh, my God, she lost her mind. Like, why is John hoarding? Everyone needs toilet paper. And this is where it's all going. John is stockpiling it all in his house. Where in his house is he? And that went on for like 20 minutes. John, that was the best 20 minutes of my life. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Anyway, she wasn't happy when I revealed the truth. So, sorry, Chris. Well, and you actually started playing when some of our our team meetings where you've actually recorded yourself sitting in front of the camera (laughs) and walking around. And then you can actually, in Zoom, you can make a virtual background being a video clip as well. Like you mentioned, I have the baby Yoda from The Mandalorian on the ship as my background some of the times. And it's just a baby Yoda looking at the camera basically and playing with some buttons. Um, But you actually had yourself getting up and walking away and that runs on a loop and it really freaks people out because then you walk back into the frame over top of your video. And it's, so that was the best again, thing I did that day. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I used my webcam and I basically for two minutes just kind of looked into the webcam, took sips of my coffee, you know, fixed my hair, you know, kind of looked around, you know, got up, came back. And I did, I think three minutes of that. And basically what happens, you can use that as your virtual background. So for some of my meetings where I, you know, I'm in my kitchen computer here. And so I thought, you know, I want to get some stuff done in the kitchen while I'm listening. But it's just so impersonal sometimes when it's just the photo of you. It's always better when it's like the live video. So I was playing that and I did that all day and not 
not a single person called me on it. And you know what was the funny thing? They'd be asking me questions in the call and I would be answering them. My lips aren't moving and no one, no one called me on it. This is why I have trust issues. Right yes, here. yes. <laughs> right here is why I have trust issues. And now, no, But now my problem is every time we have calls, everyone's like, hey, is Mike using one of his stupid video backgrounds? <laughs> and you know what? I'll never tell you. I, um, I've got to say, uh, one thing that I'm really liking right now, and this is kind of, it's, it's a bit of a Zoom hack, but it kind of works for all the video conferencing stuff as well, is getting yourself a headset that has a, uh, a busy icon. I've got a, a Jabra Evolve 40, and it's actually got two things that I really like. One is you can hit a button, and it puts a red light on the headset that says, I'm talking to someone, so if there's somebody else in the house, they don't bother you. Uh, the other one is it's got a mute switch. Uh, which I find if you're on mute on uh, on Zoom, I have a I have a tendency to forget that it's on. I've got a little bet with myself that if I speak while it's on mute, I have to do uh, 10 reps with my kettlebell, which is sitting beside my desk because I can't go outside and get exercise. Uh, but uh, I find I'm doing it a whole lot less when I've got the mute button there. So it's a, it's a good way to do it. I should say, though, if you've got Zoom up in the forefront and you do want to be able to speak while you're on mute, press and hold the space bar. Right? It's kind of like keying in on a radio, and that will let you talk, and it'll put it right back on you when you're done. Sorry, so I didn't know this. You hit the space bar down like a walkie-talkie, like talk walkie -talkie. While, the, while the space bar is down, and then when you're finished, let go. And it goes yeah, back you on you. You have to be muted already. If you okay. press the yes. space bar and you're not muted, it just makes the annoying you pressing the space bar button sound. <laughs> um, and, uh, but you, so if you're on mute and you, you only need to chime in once in a while, definitely the way to go. John, what, what are some of your favorite Zoom hacks? Um, well, I mean, you covered a couple of them. Uh, the, the big things for me is the quality of the video. It's the lighting, sound, use a headset, a wired headset preferably, um, especially because I, I, I don't know about everybody else, but it feels like I'm living on a video call all day these days as opposed to being at my desk in the office. Um, but one of the things that uh, we talked about yesterday on Get Connected the radio show that's at 10 a.m. on CKW on Saturdays uh, was Snap Camera is kind of my favorite plugin for um, for Zoom because it allows you uh, not just with Zoom but with any system to have a whole bunch of Snapchat filters uh, layered over top. So uh, crazy hats, costumes, masks, um, makeup, you name it, they have it, and it that'll turns go, into a that'll go right on your face, your head. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's basically it's a it creates a virtual camera that you just choose from your you know camera settings, and uh, and you can have a lot of fun with it. And you can create favorites. Uh, you can even make your own filters if you go through the process. I haven't tried that yet, but um, there's a lot of creative people. Like you can be a potato if you want to be uh, a pickle, uh, all kinds of crazy fun stuff. And it, I mean, we've talked about this a few times. We're all sick and tired of seeing each other's kitchens and living rooms and things like that. So this breaks things up. It's a nice icebreaker. You can have some fun and then get down to work. Another feature I like, and I, I, I didn't know it was there, but I, I found it uh, in the video settings. You can actually click a, a, a box off to improve the, uh, the overall appearance of yourself. It'll actually smooth you out. Yes. And I need all the help I can get. I'm not going to lie. And so that yep. is a great feature as well. And talking about looking better and, you know, Graham, it's all about the quality, right? You talked about audio. Uh, same with you, John. The lighting is important as well. I, I invested in, an, uh, in a ring light. This is like a little halo light. Got it off Amazon, I think, for 50 bucks. It's got a little, it's on a tripod. It's got a, a little um, 
grip for your phone if you want to use that as your video conferencing device and it made a world of difference for all the uh, the zoom calls i was doing you know i do global tv hits as well now i don't look like uh, i'm near death uh, i actually have a nice glow to me and, you know my skin tones are, are are normal so if you are doing a lot of uh, video calling best investment i made in a long time I've got a uh, an Elgato uh, key light air coming. So it's a, an LED panel that's on a stand. It'll do all, uh, very much the same thing. I do want to say I've got a, a neat little tip for you as well. And that is, you know how you can have your, your speaker view, right? Which shows you the person that's speaking on Zoom. You have your grid view. Um, but if somebody goes into full screen, you get that strip of, of videos, right? It can be on the side or it can be um, you know up on the top. Uh, one thing that I found is really helpful is take that strip and put it right under where your webcam is reason for being you'd be looking up at people while you talk to them and so you don't get that weird I'm, I'm looking somewhere else to talk to you you actually get that nice interaction where it looks like you're looking at that person so it's a, it's a good way to have a more uh, intimate and authentic connection with people online some of us like looking creepy though Graham <laughs> Okay, so those are some of our favorite uh, Zoom hacks, tips, and uh, tricks. We still have a lot more to talk about on today's uh, app show. When we come back from the break, how to get the most out of streaming. We're going to be talking with the folks over at Roku. Those are the guys that make the uh, streaming boxes and sticks and uh, smart TVs as well. So they've got uh, some new updates that make it even easier and more fun to use all your favorite streaming apps. You're listening to the app show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Well, as you can imagine, a lot of us are spending a lot of time at home. And when we're not working, we're probably streaming. One of the biggest streaming TV platforms out there would be Roku. I think they have uh, over 36 million users. On the line, uh, we've got uh, our good friend Lloyd Clark from Roku to tell us uh, some of the uh, the cool things uh, and the great content uh, that you can access and some of the new improvements that they've uh, just made. Thanks for joining us, Lloyd. Good day, gentlemen. Glad to be here. It's interesting. Uh, you know, I talk to a lot of friends about Roku, you know, when they ask, well, I need to get uh, a new smart TV box or stick for my TV. What should I get? And I always say Roku, it's like deadly simple and it's one of the biggest ones out there. And not everyone knows that, you know, a lot of times, you know, people think Apple TV or some of these other ones, but Roku is by far one of the largest, isn't it? It absolutely is. Like, as you mentioned already, over 36 million active accounts, or you can think of them like households, where, where there's a home with at least one Roku that's accessing our content on our platform. Uh, it's a, a good deal of people who see the simplicity of Roku. It's one of those products. I'm sure you guys have looked at a lot of technology products, and I've worked on a lot of technology products. But this is the one that I feel comfortable in giving as a present to even an in-law, uh, because I know <laughs> they'll be able to use it. They'll be able to set it up. I won't get that tech support call. It is so simple to use. So you're basically saying you love your in-laws, but not that much. You don't want to be on the phone with them all the time. No, click here, click here. And you know, I, I'm, I'm joking, Lloyd. Uh, you're so right. I got my, uh, you know, parents uh, into Roku as well, just because it's just dead simple. There's no crazy menus or anything. It's just like the simple cursor control on the remote and you hit OK and you're into the different things like the Netflix or the, you know, the Crave or, or what, what have you. Um, and there's there's so much to watch. Uh, I know we're going to end up talking about this, but I, that's what I get excited about. And especially if you're at home, I, I know there's a few people at home right now, uh, but if you're looking for something to watch on television, there's thousands and thousands of things to watch on Roku. Well, that's what I love. Uh, you know, I, I use it for Netflix and uh, Amazon, uh, you know, Prime TV uh, as well. 
and you know when I replace some of the televisions in my home, there's a, a bunch of different TV manufacturers that actually have Roku hard baked right into the TV. You don't even need a stick or, or box or anything. And those were actually more appealing to me, and I, I purchased those because, again, of the the simplicity. It's so true. We've taken this operating system, which was first developed on these little set-top boxes. I think that's what a lot of people understand Roku to be, is that little box that you, or your stick that you attach to your television. But we developed it with the idea of using inside televisions. And now we've got uh, a lot of brands in Canada that are using it as the system to control their entire television. And it makes everything simple on the TV. Now, here's something. You've probably seen this on the television that you've tried for Roku. We did something on televisions I don't think anyone else has. And we got rid of a button that causes the most problems at home and that's the input or the source button yes yes yeah and as soon as i say that everyone goes oh yeah because once i press that one it gets me into trouble well that's that's the beautiful thing right because uh you basically hit the if you ever get lost in anything you just hit that little home button it's like a little house icon and that gets you right back to the main uh, screen where you can go into Netflix or Crave or, or what have you. But also, if you've got, you know, TELUS or Shaw or Rogers or Bell, uh, you know, TV in there, there's a, a little icon for that you can just simply push on to get back into it. That's exactly right. Everything's laid on your home screen. And that's something that we've done with this latest release. So uh, our operating system uh, is an operating system, and we've got a, a new version that is just being pushed out to TVs and players right now. And one of the things that we've made even better for all these devices that are already in field is that the home screen will now navigate even quicker than it did before. So you don't have to buy a new device to get this. Your existing device will already be improved with this new release. I think that's a key point there, Lloyd, is that when you buy a smart TV, for example, it tends to be, you know, whatever that brand is and how often they're going to update it, whereas Roku has been really good with their updates. And, you know, even though it's maybe baked into the TV, it's still kind of separate from the TV uh, or from the TV manufacturer. So it's um, it's really handy to have that sort of updated. We just uh, set up a new studio for get connected and all of our TVs are Roku TVs and it couldn't have been easier for me to go around and set everything up and then we can have all of our stuff available across the whole office um, really easily over our network that way. What are some- That's fantastic. I'm glad you had a good experience. Now, just tell all your friends. Lloyd, what are some of the other improvements you guys have made with the latest update? Well, as usual, we do a lot of performance improvements. This is what we do on a regular basis. Uh, this time, we've made the home screen even faster to navigate. Uh, we've also increased the launch time of some channels. So when you click on one of the channels, we want you to get into that channel as fast as possible. So we've done that again uh, for this release. One of the big things that we worked on this time was uh, reducing the boot time. So boot time means you know how fast does your product turn on. And if you're in a household that wants to save money, and I know that a lot of customers are doing this, is that they turn off the power to their TV or they turn off the power to their power strip and everything shuts down. We still want you to get that product on as fast as possible so we reduce device boot times across the line. I also uh, see you've uh, got even more voice integration happening with uh, Roku as well. That's exactly right. So in addition just to core performance, uh, we've also added features. And the features that we've been working on this time for Canadian customers is enhancing voice. So voice has been part of the platform for a while, uh, but we're making it even better by adding the ability to just use natural language. You know, how you and I would talk, you can now use that with your voice remote or even with your mobile app. The mobile app works with all of our devices. And you can say things like, um, show me 
comedies or I want to watch Batman or uh, turn on closed captions. Uh, you can uh, have a small conversation with Heroku and Roku Voice will help you get to the show that you want to get to. Do you know what I love, John? Uh, I have both uh, Google Assistant, you know, through Google Home and, uh, you know, Alexa in my house. I love now that I've enabled the skill on Alexa and I can use that to control the TV. I was sitting on the couch with my daughter last night and she's like looking for the remote control to turn the TV on. And she just hates like how techy I am. And I just said, you know, Alexa, turn on the family TV. And it popped on. She found I'm going to set that up in the office yeah, because she- <laughs> we have all these Roku TVs and we have like lots of remotes and everyone keeps grabbing the wrong remote, you know, and or we can't find any because they're all in AJ's drawer or something. Um, <laughs> so at least we can just use Alexa then to turn on all the TVs. That is the other cool new feature that we added with this release is that in Canada, you can now use those devices that are likely already in your home, whether it's a device that has Alexa on it or whether it's a, a device that has a Google Home Assistant. You can talk to those uh, smart speakers and control your Roku through there. So it's a, it's a, makes it so much easier to do to use and operate. Who cares if you can't find the remote anymore? <laughs> well, you know, there are a lot of people who misplace that remote, and that's why we've been working on the mobile app, and that's what the last feature I wanted to tell you about today is that the mobile app has also been improved, uh, and a lot of customers use it for a remote control, and we've added some quick search attributes right on the, uh, the mobile app so you can get to the channels that you've been watching recently. And a reminder for those people who uh, have tried the mobile app or who haven't tried it, there's a, an amazing feature that I just love in the mobile app, and that's private listening. So you can use your cell phone, your mobile phone, plug in a set of headphones, and you can listen to your show without disturbing the other people in your home. And if you're like me, there's a lot of people in my home right now. So I can watch uh, without waking up my, uh, my housemates. Fantastic. We're talking with our good friend Lloyd Clark. He is with Roku. If you need uh, to find a way to spend some time and, you know, want to get into the whole streaming game or want to up your streaming game, have a look at some of their uh, set-top uh, boxes and sticks. They're pretty cheap. You can get them on uh, Amazon and pretty well every uh, online retailer. And, uh, of course, it's built into a lot of uh, TVs uh, as well. Lloyd, thanks so much for uh, taking some time to chat with us. Hey, it's my pleasure. Always talk- good talking to you guys. When we come back from the break, more apps to talk about here on the App Show. Stay tuned. You are back with the App Show. Mike Eggerbo here with John and Graham. Let's talk weather. Uh, it actually snowed the other day in Vancouver, out here in White Rock anyway. There was like a, a fine layer of the, the white stuff when I woke up uh, in the morning. That wasn't on the uh, the weather app in iOS, unfortunately, the, the, the day before. Apple uh, obviously is trying to up their game when it comes to weather forecasting, uh, as a lot of us do use the weather app to see what's happening in the coming days and week. They have recently bought Dark Sky. This is uh, a really great weather app that uh, you know many people are using, and it was actually quite accurate. John, did you ever use it? I did. Actually, I was at a conference in Portland when I first discovered it, I think shortly after it came out. And one of the crazy things that the person that was showing this to me, this was actually a Google employee that was showing it to me. She was saying, you know, um, it can, it's very accurate as far as its predictions because it uses all the modeling software and all the stuff that a meteorologist would use and actually some predictive AI to, uh, to say, you know, in 14 minutes, it's going to rain. And she said that to me, and I'm like, nah, it's not going to happen. We go outside, literally the 14th minute, it started raining. 
And I'm like, okay, I'm buying this app right now. <laughs> I, I know. It's like, it was pretty spooky. I, I found out about it when I was in Toronto a few years ago. And it was uncanny, like, you know, almost to, you know, within a minute or so of predicting when a rainfall would happen. That, you know, yeah. I've just never seen that in, in any type of uh, weather app. So obviously, uh, again, Apple's trying to up their game. But I guess that leaves the Android folks out because I think they're shutting it down basically for Android users. July 1st, yeah, it will be no longer available. Um, although if you haven't, there's a lot of apps that use the Dark Sky system as an API. Basically, it's a connection for other apps to use their sort of modeling software. And apparently that's going to still work until the end of 2021. Um, but after that, who knows? Um, but uh, I think Graham and I were talking uh, beforehand about uh, we're both excited to see how this is going to get integrated into the Apple uh, ecosystem if it's going to be its own app or if it's just be part of the weather at system app itself okay so for the uh you know the the poor android users out there that were using uh dark sky there are some app alternatives though uh and we've uh, actually got uh, a list uh here i don't know if you've tried some of these before graham uh, one popular one is carrot and uh, this uh, does weather predictions, uh, but it also is kind of a, a fun weather app. It's got kind of a personality. It actually offers tongue-in-cheek commentary in audio or text on what's happening uh, that, uh, that day. So it's, it's kind of a, a fun one. It is using the Dark Sky uh, API you know, for all its data. So I don't know how long it's going to be around. You know, Obviously, if that's going to stop... Uh, happening at the end of 2021 will they be able to find uh, other sources or will they go their own way uh, another one is one weather this is uh, another app again available for android users i think it's about two bucks uh, like a one-time uh, purchase uh, but uh, it is really good uh, again at uh, predicting the current uh, weather and of course, uh, another popular one, AccuWeather. Uh, so, you know, again, there's a few apps out there for the Android users uh, who were very fond of uh, Dark Sky. So uh, you will have some choices for a little uh, little while. I'm, I'm interested, though, to see, you know, if Apple's going to keep Dark Sky around as an app for Apple users or are they going to integrate it right into the weather app? I, I, I think personally is it's going to end up as the new default weather app, right? Uh, it's been kind of overdue for an overhaul. Uh, you know, in Canada, they use the weather network. Uh, down in the States, they use the weather channel. Um, and and that information is is good, uh, but it's, it's not quite as good as what we've been able to see with some of this predictive AI. So I think that's really Apple's play here is, you know, it will, if I had to make a prediction, uh, it will be very much uh, Siri integrated. Uh, I feel like Apple is also probably moving towards uh, that Google style. Here's what your day is going to look like. I, I know when I wake up in the morning, I now have this greeting on my phone that tells me, you know, what the weather is going to be like first thing in the morning or what it is right now. And here are some of the appointments that I have. I think we're going to see an expansion of that as Siri starts to grow. And I think this is a key part of that. Do you guys ever use the Yahoo weather app? Oh, all the time yes. back in the day. Yeah, I, I loved it because it would pull in photos from Flickr that are weather related. So it was always kind of different and a little bit more interesting than just a, basically a blue background, which is typically what you see in most weather apps. Um, it's too bad they had to mothball that. Well, Yahoo's yeah, had Yahoo to... is where good technology goes to die. Yes, <laughs> exactly. pretty much. And that's why they're pretty well dead, aren't they? In the water. <laughs> in, in the water. Okay, we're going to have to take another break. When we come back, it's... App of the week time, and this one's uh, a great one uh, that we have a lot of fun with. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. 
You're back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here. We got Grant Williams and John with me. Okay, it's App of the Week time. And this is one that's been around for a while, but phased out, but it's back again. John, HQ Trivia. Yeah, this is a very popular trivia system, kind of like a game show or like a daily game show where people can actually win real money. And uh, they ran out of money a little while ago. And uh, so they they folded um, quite abruptly. And I, I heard there was some something about the fact that they weren't actually paying some of the winners there was they literally like ran out of money and um they they had a bunch of uh host changes and things like that the people were let go and that kind of thing but apparently it's back um and it's uh um an investor came in and reactivated it all and uh i have yet to play it i know graham's played it though I do. I, I love my trivia games, and uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where being able to just jump into this, answer a couple of questions, possibly get a chance. I haven't made any money on it. I'm not going to lie to you, but uh, <laughs> but it's a it's a it's a good little distraction, and uh, you know, kind of fills the fills the gap between uh, episodes of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in Jeopardy. So right, that, that lets you know what my life's like. Oh, <laughs> spe- okay. Speaking of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, I used to love watching that show, especially when Regis was hosting it. Anyway, I have uh, one of those Echo Show uh, smart speakers uh, on my nightstand. It's got the little uh, five-inch screen. And every night before I go to bed, I play Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And it nice. is it is so awesome. It comes up with the interface on the screen, just like you'd see on TV. And you can you know do some lifelines on there, like 50-50. And I've gotten as high as $50,000, uh, but... It is all kinds of awesome. I, I love it. So to, to work it, all you say is, you know, Alexa, I want to play Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? So if you've got one of the Alexas that's got a screen, it's even better because then you can see all the multiple choice questions. But at the same time, you can just do audio only. It'll actually read out uh, all the questions and the answers uh, to you so that you can make the uh, the choice. So if you are into trivia and you know, who wants to be a millionaire? Uh, that is a fantastic one as well. But I, you know, I used to play HQ trivia as well. I never won a cent, but you know, this is kind of fun to, to play along and, you know, especially when you're playing against uh, other people. That's all the time we have left for the app show. I want to thank uh, everyone that helps put this together. Graham, John, Christina, AJ, Paul and Nigel and uh, Stephen, of course. Don't forget to visit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. Doing all sorts of giveaways. Uh, if you subscribe to our newsletter, it's on the newsletter tab. You subscribe, you are entered to win literally thousands of dollars of prizes uh, over the year. Again, getconnectedmedia.com. That's all the time we have left. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa HD radio at 101.1 FM HD2 and on the AM dial 980 CKNW.